Hey, Super Gluer, welcome back. Hey, thanks for listening, Super Gluer, because I know that you have a lot of choices in terms of how to spend your time, and I want to thank you so much for being here. If you're like me, you're a person who holds it all together for so many. You are carrying a heavy load, so today we're here to put a little balance back in our lives, take a break, and draw on our sources of strength. Hey, we're going to get real, share a morning prayer and gear up for a kick-ass day. So, oh my goodness, I'm going to bring you a series of five episodes this week on an oldie but a goodie. I have to talk about this book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Now, most of us at some point have read the book or at least heard of it. It gained a serious popularity in the 90s. And as you know, it's a book by Stephen Covey, who is uh, all about really writing self-improvement books and, and helping us to really think about how we see the world and think about our perceptions. And, and when we really start to think about our perception and look at something differently, we change the way we see things, then that influences what we do. And we begin to get the results that we want to get, right? So we're all on this journey to success and a pathway of building habits that you know helps us to live the life that we want. And I hope that's why you're here today. We're going to talk a little bit about each of the seven habits each day, but I want to give you a quick little background and um, tell you more about why I wanted to pick this book for this week series of podcast episodes. So as you know, Stephen Covey really uh, did some work, oh gosh, over 25 years ago and discovered that high achievers, like many of us super gluers, we're often plagued with a sense of emptiness. Oh my gosh, does that ever happen to you? You've got so much going on, certainly not a lack of things to do, but sometimes we can have that sense of emptiness and he began to want to inquire why. And so, um, you know, he started to really think about individuals who struggle with uh, achievement syndrome, if you will, and and uh, personal effectiveness and growing healthy relationships and so on and so forth. And he he started to look at this and say, okay, we have to begin to change our own perceptions and we must change ourselves. And in order to change ourselves, we can only do that through changing our perceptions. And I have to say in my life, there have been some huge, big moments in which I have learned to change perception. And when I read this and reread it and went back to the book, I was like, you know what? I think this has a lot to do with my journey in life because my life has been about a series of events like all of us, a series of suffering and highs and lows, and that is how we gain or change perspective. So this is not a podcast about like, hey, you know, let me learn a new technique and it's just going to fix everything, but it's really about helping us to make these paradigm shifts, to really be able to look at how do we perceive things, looking at our attitudes and our behaviors. What I love about what Covey argues and why I wanted to bring it back is that he talks about character, that character needs to be cultivated. It's not our personalities, right? So sometimes we say, well, I'm just that way. It's who I am. And yeah, there's truth to that. But oh my gosh, when I stay up at night ruminating about something and I want to tell my brain to shut up and stop it. It's not okay for me to just say, well, that's my personality. That's how it is because it's leaving me with an incredible amount of suffering. And so this was such a good aha for me of, wait a minute. Yes, my personality is, is what it is. And, and I have highs and lows in my personality. 
But the character ethic that he talks about is around this set of principles. And these principles are around, you know, the, 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 the principles themselves can apply to any setting in which we show up, when we show up with character. So whether you're going into a religious, a social, um, or an ethical system, there's this universal application to what he's talking about. And I thought this was really, really helpful to think about how do we develop character regardless of our personalities. Our personalities are what make us different and unique and, again, come with the highs and the lows. But if you're going to be highly effective, we focus on character building. And I really, really love that. And I I know in the last week or so, I've been talking to myself about this in prayer, about having the character of Jesus. And I was actually having this really deep conversation with my girls about it, that You know, I feel like I live a life in which I try very hard to do the right thing and and to be a good person, but sometimes my personality gets in the way of how I think about something or how I perceive something, right? Because my personality is going to take whatever given situation. Let me give you an example. So Marcus, you know, always kind of teased me about this. Well, it wasn't funny for a while. (laughs) It's not really funny when your spouse points out an area in which you need to grow, but But I do this thing sometimes where like if something happens, I will see it as it's always going to be that way. So a quick example is like in our marriage one time or not in our marriage when we were dating, actually, um, you know, one time he was over at my I lived in this little duplex and it was great living on my own. I love that. And he was over and he like left dishes out and he had like blanket. I don't know. It's like a mess. Like he left a little mess and didn't leave. I mean, he didn't leave my house a mess. He just was like messy. I don't know, whatever. And I went on a little like, you know, rant, I guess, or just like this, oh my God, he's always going to be messy. He's so messy. Like I just saw that my perception was, and my perspective was that he's a messy person and I don't want to be married to a messy slob who leaves dishes everywhere. And if you know, Mark, Mark is like the neatest like most organized, like always doing the dishes. Remember, I think I've talked about him being like a servant type of person, like that servant personality that is so far from the truth. But I took it and I sort of ran with it. So I've done that. Well, sorry to admit, but I do that sometimes where I see something and I see it as all or nothing, right? Okay, that's part of my personality, but character would be really developing skills. And so we're talking Uh, I was talking to my girls about living more like Jesus and these habits align so nicely to that. So today we're going to talk about habit one. Overall, in the next week, we're going to talk about all seven habits. Habits one, two, and three are focused on ourselves, self-mastery. So moving from dependence on, you know, the way our personalities like show up to independence, like having control of how we handle things. Uh, based on character. And then habits four, five, and six focus on teamwork and collaboration and communication skills. And then habit seven is around continuous improvement. So I'm super excited about this week. So a quick summary of habit number one, we're going to jump right in is we're in charge, right? We choose the script by which to live our lives. So we have to use this self-awareness to be proactive and take responsibility for our choices. Right. So we are able to make choices about our character, about how we decide to view ourselves and situations and control our own effectiveness. So instead of saying things like, well, there's nothing I can do, 
or that's just the way I am, you know, really being able to get out of that mindset um, and really instead being able to think about how we are going to replace reactive language with proactive language. So like, you know, when you're getting annoyed with your spouse and you're like, ah, you know, he's making me so mad. And we're getting like really, really worked up because our personalities might have certain triggers that get us worked up. We can work on our character of being a little more proactive and saying, like, I can control my own feelings. Let me stop and understand that I am in control of my feelings and I can respond to a given situation without reacting. So that's part of, of being proactive. So, hey, super glower. My challenge to you then is to notice your language this week, to just be aware of how often you're putting yourself in a situation where you're perceiving something like when I saw Mark as a messy person and I went all extreme. (laughs) That was the only time in my life I've ever done that. I'm kidding. Oh my gosh. Even to this day. And, but but now I kind of know that about myself and I'm in a more proactive place So he even, I swear, even this morning, I I wish I could remember what it was because I'm doing this off the fly now, but um, he was like, oh, I know this is a dumb, this is such a silly, dumb example, but I'll give you a really, really quick one. I've been snoring. I hate that. I've been snoring. It's driving him crazy. And I'm, I'm trying all these things. And, and so I started sleeping with two pillows and I do think that helps, but I don't like sleeping with two pillows, right? So this morning I was like, I'm so annoyed at you. And I I was joking around. We were just playing around, but I was like, you know, you're making me sleep on two pillows because you don't like my snoring. And and it was in a playful way or whatever. And I was like, I don't want to sleep on two pillows for the rest of my life. And he was like, oh my God, there you go. Like no one's saying you have to sleep with two pillows for the rest of your life. (laughs) There may be other things that we can try. And like, you're trying out different things and it's not an all or nothing. So my challenge to you is to notice your language and be reactive uh, or when you're being reactive and move it to more proactive approach. So Romans 5, 3, uh, 5 is really, really powerful in that it says more than that, we can rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our sufferings produce endurance and endurance produces character. Guys, when we suffer and we have hardships and really, really, really tough stuff, not just stupid things like snoring, but big things, you know, like like the big things that we're going through in life and, and, and we don't understand why endurance produces character, produces perspective. It helps us to see things in a different light and character, the scripture goes on to say, produces hope. Character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame. Oh, I feel like I'm going to start crying because I feel like in my life, there have been so many times where I've endured suffering and you just wonder why, right? Oh, but endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope, you guys, hope super gluers does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, we are not alone when we suffer, but we can take that suffering and change our perspective to produce character, character that produces hope. So let's get ready to pray on that. Hey, super glower, if you would, oh, as I gain composure, join me in bowing your head. (laughs) Oh, Father God, it is so hard when we suffer. It is so hard. It is 
so natural and easy to want to blame and be angry and be reactive and oh, and to not understand why we have to suffer. But for every one of us that suffered in our lives, we know that suffering, as hard as it is, we don't suffer alone, that we can turn to you, that the Holy Spirit can provide unspeakable peace during our suffering to help get us through and that we can persevere to build character, that suffering helps us to change perspective. It shapes us. It literally shapes us, Father God. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm always so scared of suffering. Always so anxious and worried about the possibility of suffering, but this is a good reminder that suffering, Lord, is is nothing that you give to us to harm us. And oh Lord, I know that most of the suffering that happens in this world isn't from you or because of you. That you are our light and our our hope when the world brings on its own suffering to us, or we bring it on to ourselves, and that you will protect us through suffering. And that if we are so fortunate to know you and love you and turn to you, that you will actually, through suffering, shape us and give us the grace and hope of a new perspective and the skills to be proactive. And Lord, I'm so thankful that you're available to us in that way to be side by side and to support us in our suffering. I ask you, Lord, to pour blessings over every super gluer who's here lift them up and help them to be proactive in their mindsets, to see things from a wider scope instead of being reactive. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Super Gluer, get out there and have a kick-ass day. Bye.